Welcome to the Small Town Wealth Podcast. Guys, as always, thank you so much. We uh, we have done we've worked really hard to make sure that this hits a lot of avenues of social media, and would mean the world to us if you could go and follow us, uh, leave comments, shares, anything helps. Yeah, so we are on Facebook at Small Town Wealth. We're also on Instagram, also at Small Town Wealth. Check us out if you are listening on the podcast or and want to refer it. We are basically everywhere. Recently just out on Spotify, which is super exciting. Same thing, Small Town Wealth. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and I think I labeled them all off. Basically any native pod- podcasting uh, platform and the two major social media. We're also on Twitter, so hit us up there if you guys have any questions or anything. All at Small Town Wealth. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? This is episode 13 of the Small Town Wealth Podcast, and joining us today in studio today was uh, Keith Crew at uh, Keith Crew Concrete, and this was a uh, this was a fun episode. Lots of uh, lots of good laughs. Keith is in the concrete artisan business. We didn't know what that meant until we until uh, <laughs> we got into this podcast, but yeah, it was uh, it's really cool to hear what he what he does and what he does for the community, his uh, his mentorship, everything like that. Man, he's a, he's a unique guy. That's that's just it. He's in a unique business. Like even me, I didn't really know that uh, you know concrete countertops and things like that. I've seen concrete countertops in in my own business, but you don't you never really see it all that much. And it is reflected just in in kind of the things that he's talked about with how difficult it is and and all the people that drop off from the business. And you know what I like. Uh, Keith because he's real and I think we we get a lot of really real guests on here we don't like people that um, you know pretend to be something that they're not and and we always appreciate that so man he's just got so much wisdom and and he has really practical tips to uh, seeking happiness in life to going after what you want to grinding early on Um, he is one of those um, pictures of success from from start to finish it was not without sacrifice for him so I found that super interesting yeah and I mean one of the one of the things that stands out the most to me is uh he you you can tell he's a winner just by like if you do nothing in this podcast but at least listen to the times he said I'm not complaining was absolutely crucial it it just that's true actually to me it just it tells me how much he's a winner just because of that because whatever happens in his life he's never complaining about it he knows that it can always be worse and he's he's just so grateful for it so without further ado enjoy our uh chat with keith here and uh yeah we'll talk to you guys soon all right thanks for joining us uh today keith welcome to our uh humble abode here concrete extraordinaire how are you doing Yo, careful with that drink. The ice is going to like <laughs> clang around the whole time. <laughs> That's true. I'm not saying I'm already having a bad influence on you guys, but <laughs> it's all good. I, I might be. The influence was gone. We were just right. talking about the Village Green. Um, did you guys hear about the car that drove through the front entrance of the mall? <laughs> No. Yeah. yeah, it drove through the front door and yeah. smashed. So oh, it, no. it was like it was a People. full heist. Like they drove through the front entrance of the mall, went all the way to like the jewelry store, drove through the jewelry front entrance, stole like thousands of dollars worth of jewelry, got out. They're still looking for who did it. It was no like a successful way. heist. Yeah, man. I heard one thing on the radio. That's it. They were looking for an FJ cruiser with some damage yep, to Toyota. it. Surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. And a mirror missing. Off, too. It's like, well, that one's all smashed to shit, but the mirror's still on it, so it's probably not that one. But, like, the guy's still driving around in it. Come on. Like, And by the way, asshole, that's a limited edition vehicle. They don't make those anymore. <laughs> it's not limited Pick anymore. Pick something else, not an FJ Cruiser. 
driving a driving a Honda Civic or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> something with like millions. Something of American made. Or yeah. you know what? I had a <laughs> Chevy. <laughs> I had I had a buddy that used to say, <laughs> buddy that used to say, use the Hyundai Santa. I would have used the Hyundai Santa Fe because he used to say. Hyundai Santa Fe is like an asshole. Everybody's got one. That's right. <laughs> You're everywhere for real. For real. Yeah. All right, Keith. Well, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do here before we delve into your backstory and, and what you're doing now and the difference you're trying to make. But, you know, tell us, tell us just a little bit about your business now and then we'll go into your backstory. Uh, technically, I always call myself a carpenter, but if you delve, carpenters to me are guys that can build most things, right? Like in the old school sense of a carpenter, you built the house from the ground up, including the furniture, the cabinets, all the tile work and stuff. So I can do all that. I'm not really good at all that because I decided to build furniture when I was around 23 years old. Uh, I decided I was sick and tired of being out in the freezing cold. So I decided I wanted to do something a little bit more uh, artistic. So I started building furniture. Out of like so you're good just at solid wood furniture, yeah, like like mortise and tenon, hand cut dovetails, like funky shaves, using hand planes, spoke shaves, you know, like real woodworking tools. Right. So you're good at handling wood, then. Yeah, some would say that. <laughs> so you're uh, you specialize now in well. What happened wood, was right? is that this is all pre-internet days, so it was really hard to make a living as a woodworker because people just look at IKEA and don't see like why my table is $2,000 when they can get buy one for $500, right? Right. I, th- I really do feel like nowadays the world is far more educated with the DIY network and all these design shows, you know, people really value more. But the story was actually, because you could get enough wood to make a table base, but all your best wood went in the top of a tabletop. And I'd, I'd seen a concrete countertop as a cast in place in about 96 a friend of mine had rented a house in 96. Everybody was just bailing out of the valley, right? There was just no work. So everybody was going up north or to Alberta or whatever. So my friend rented this super nice house, but it was unfinished. So we, And it had concrete countertops. And all I ever wanted to do was just build houses right. so, and do everything in them, right? And then sell houses, like basically build spec houses, right? Right. So I'd seen those, and uh, I thought, this is genius. So it would always been in the back of my mind, right? And as a carpenter, of course, you pour foundations and floors and do all that sort of thing. And then uh, I just decided one day to, like, pre-internet days, again, I had to call my friend in Vancouver because I couldn't find any place to buy diamond pads. So I had to call them because they could get a hold of a marble guy because we didn't have granite guys here at that time, right? So I call him up and call a guy up who's a marble guy, and it's like, well, no, we don't give out our suppliers. I'm like, you know, I'm in Vernon. I just want to know where you buy diamond pads from. He's like, we don't talk about that. Click, hung up. Like, that's oh, how old school. Yeah, but that's how old school that is, right? Mm-hmm. You protect your business and your suppliers, right? Because nowadays, I paid $55 each for my first set, like one diamond pad. I pay like 12 bucks now, right? That's the difference right, between right. the internet. And then, so now marketing is way easier. So anyway, I built my first tabletop out of concrete. I was like, this is amazing. This is liquid rock. You can do anything with this. How long did it take you? To make? Yeah. Well, I mean, it takes hours, right? right. And the materials are cheap. <laughs> was it any good? <laughs> That's a whole different story, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, now, of course, I've been doing it over 16 years. I train people from all over the world. So I actually started teaching about five years ago um, because I really hated the fact that People don't come at this from a trades background. You know, a lot of guys started teaching courses because they seen there was money in it. 
Right, they were trying to capitalize on the money. Part yeah, it's like if they had an engineering degree or something, you know, and they knew how to do it a little bit, they'd start teaching. I teach really small classes, right, for students. Basically, each student makes, in seven days, they make like three projects, a countertop with an integral sink, a bench project, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I basically teach techniques. It's a lot of fun. Like I've had friends now in Slovakia and Norway, you know. I'm talking to a guy in Dubai this morning that wants to come over for a private class. Oh, they, do they do that? So they come live or do you do like No, they come here, yeah. yeah you, oh, really? Hey. Yeah, so I am going to work just because of the requests for so long to do uh, videos. So I'm going to call it Tips, Techniques, and Best Practices. That's a tongue twister. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to use Sprung to help you kind of put those videos together? Then? I'm not too sure yet. A lot of it, I'm just going to GoPro because it's just like POV stuff. Right. And my idea is kind of right now is to kind of keep it almost silent movie like that way I can. I shouldn't talk about this. I haven't done it yet. It's <laughs> <laughs> just conceptual for now. Right? Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. And I've started doing kind of the B-roll stuff. I have a friend who's a producer in Toronto. He's going to help me with a lot of this stuff, right? So cool. at this point, it's just finding the time because I'm honestly, I'm booked for pretty much the entire year for work. So I didn't run any training courses this year. So my next one is in January of this year. But I, I will teach private classes when I can sneak a weekend, right? If somebody wants to fly from Dubai to have a private class, you know? You're going to teach that class. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just fun, you know, because I get to hang out with people and they're like, can we make this? And I'll be like, yeah, let's make that, you know? So, awesome. so you like you branded yourself almost worldwide then. So like, where where do people find out about this stuff? Is it um, mostly YouTube? Well, website? obviously the internet. I, yeah. I have a couple of videos that are posted on YouTube, but they're just links from my website. So it's okay. mostly Instagram, I'd say. Really? Yeah, I'm not a. I don't really understand how to use Facebook. Yeah. So I use Instagram because it's just such a visual medium. So yeah. I'd say probably. 70% of my students find me on Instagram because they're just awesome. finding other guys. Like and, using your hashtags or what? Yeah, I don't really over tag. I'm not an <laughs> excess tagger, right? Yeah. So I do Keith Crew, Crew Concrete Design, yeah. and Concrete Countertops, and Concrete Countertop Train, or Concrete Artisan Training. I only tag four things, right? Oh, perfect. I don't follow a ton of people. Honestly, if you post a picture of your dog or what you're eating for dinner more than twice, I'm probably going to unfollow you. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I just don't have time. I don't care, right? I don't care what you're eating for dinner, right? Like. Yeah. Oh, so I think damn, I, I guess I'm not going to get followed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two sprouted fig sandwiches and he's gone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure I have posted your sandwich on my uh, thing at one time, but years ago. <laughs> that's, that, that was a high five, that noise for those. Yeah. That don't <laughs> yeah, we don't have video today, so we have to give, uh, give cues. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So then like, what, what's your like follower count and engagement like on your, on your post right now? Uh, somewhere over 3,000 or something. That's impressive. Wow. Really and they're, they're organic followers, right? Yeah, like course. I said, I follow 120. Wow. So it's just because people are really interested in concrete as a whole, not in me specifically, right? Like there's tons of guys doing really good work, right? Yeah. But there's like the guys I follow are guys I consider my contemporaries, right? That are like innovating and doing interesting things that I go like, that I'll, inter I'll engage with those guys, right? And be like, hey, and go offline and share a few secrets here and there, right? So uh, I like that part of it. I don't, I don't like I seriously have no idea how to use Facebook. Like yeah. people message me on Facebook. Yeah. I'm like, that's not a viable form of communication. I've had the same phone number for 20 something years, right? Like, yeah. Am I giving my age out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but Instagram I like just because it is visual. You'd be like, you give a, a like, you know, it's like, that's cool, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I 
give it like the fist in the air. You know? like, <laughs> my radon brother one, that's the extra one. You get a like, and if it's really good, you get a. But that's pretty much all I'll ever say, right? You keep it simple. Actually, Instagram is good for that because Facebook, especially when you get into like analytics and stuff like that, it gets ridiculous. Yeah. And you start over, you start over analyzing those things when a lot of it is only, you know, one little piece of this gigantic pie. And you, you can't you can't focus on it. No, it's and not they, they want you to market it. Now you have to pay for everything. And the truth is, I've been in this valley. I went through the youth entrepreneur program at Community Futures. Yeah, you're saying that at 25. Okay, so that's I've lived here since 1992. So you know, finally, all the guys I used to teach skiing and snow like I taught snowboarding at Silver Star. So all the guys that were ski instructors, we're all carpenters in the summer. So they're all general contractors now, right? So works out well for me because we're all older guys now. So they all know who I am and develop good relationships with the builders around here. And for the first 10 years, I never even worked in Vernon. It was all Kelowna or Kamloops or Vancouver. I've done franchises where we ship stuff all across the country, you know, so it's been neat. But now I'm happy just to stay home and work in Vernon because the valley's growing so much. There's so many people here. And it totally is. That's a that's kind of a, a topic that stays with a lot of our guests is the the, the sheer growth that's happening just in the past few years in this community and what it's going to be like in the next like five years or so too, right? Yeah. And that scares me and excites <laughs> me the same way, you know? Yeah. Like I don't, we don't have the same potential as Cologne, obviously, right? With the areas to expand. And the thing that bugs me is uh, affordable housing, right? Yeah. Like as I've been an artisan for 20 years, right? Like, yeah. you know, I'd finally bought a house three years ago, right? It's like the ripe old age of like 42 is the first house I could ever buy. Cause from 2000, I was made, I finally went back this year or last year to what I was making back in 2006 and seven. It took 10 years to get back to the same amount of sales I was doing in 2007. After, the, after that correction. Everything just tanked yeah. yeah and especially because i'm i'm a high-end product right that's the thing right yeah. yeah so if i hadn't i did this franchise all the way through and it made it through but yeah i lost half to two-thirds of my sales oh so my at one point I, I just want to think it's funny i'm not complaining right like no 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 i mean i can go get a job i'm a carpenter right i'm a pretty decent carpenter so i can go get a job wherever right but it's i love building things right so i lived in my shop for uh, like six months wow yeah and like it's not at, a complaint. Right, at, right after it happened and everything? Uh, well, it's a relationship ended, and I was like, I can go rent an apartment or rent. It wasn't actually in my shop. I rented the one next door. Yeah, right. Uh, so I turned it into a showroom and stuff. So I used to live in that. But it was funny because uh, I didn't have a shower or anything when I first moved in. So I have like what's called a polishing booth because everything's yeah. wet polish, right? So I, I would take that and go get fill up buckets of water right and <laughs> go sit in my polishing booth and like on some styrofoam in a bucket and like have a japanese bath right <laughs> my friends are like dude you can come and have a shower in my house i'm like no, i'm good man it's like <laughs> like well, you know, how can you do that i'm like well i said realistically it takes me like one bucket to get clean right i said i got four buckets so it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty good so right? even if i want a long japanese so, shower i'm good yeah just sit there and <laughs> I don't even know what a tiger torch is. It's like, yeah. So I used to just stick one of those in the room and warm it up a little bit and <laughs> sit in front of them. But anyway, that's all, I honestly awesome, like, man. it's funny you say like that you're not complaining. I don't even see it as, I don't even see it as, oh my gosh, that must've been so hard. I see it as, that's so cool. Like, that's like, that's <laughs> yeah. actually awesome. I respect that when, so much. When I met my wife, my bed was actually, I had my office underneath. I built my bed up in the rafters of the shop. So you could just barely sit up, but it was in between two rafters. 
And when it got cold in the winter, the building's old, right? And it moves and the beams would crack like gunshots. <laughs> so, and it had like, you know, I used to heat it up to, with a tiger torch until it kind of got a little wobbly from no air. And then I'd shut her down. And, yeah. And I, 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 I have no complaints about anything in my life. Like, it all led me to where I am, right? I have a beautiful wife and an amazing little baby, so... Yeah. Well, and that's it, and that's the attitude that gets you through everything, right? Is I mean, there's there's so much that people complain or make excuses for, but Absolutely. I mean, if you're not complaining, you're winning. So yeah, that's the. I mean, you're thing. a young businessman yourself, right? Like, impress the hell out of me, right? Like, because I used to go to there before yeah. your restaurant, before you took over, right? Yeah. And I started hearing more and more about it all the time, and I'm like, "Have you been to the fig lately? You been to the fig?" I'm like, well, I used to go there all the time, but they're not licensed, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't drink kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have a pint at lunch, you know, and it's it's the other side of town. For That's me, right? is that your next step, David? <laughs> I might just bring all the I might actually. For sandwiches I, might, I might just yeah. privately deal yeah, like here's, six here's packs Here's your sandwich under and a table. solo cup, King. <laughs> Back to the prohibition Jeez. days. Yeah, <laughs> a little speakeasy. <laughs> Hey, uh, Keith, I keep your kombucha in the back. I'll yeah, uh, get wink, that for you. I'm curious to know the learning lessons that you take from from living in your shop because that, I feel like that's an experience that only only you can relate to in its own way. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, I, I know people that have had martial arts studios and they've mm. slept in, in the upstairs of the martial arts studio to I save money. I think it's money, a, that entrepreneur spirit, right? I'd like, I guarantee you have... Like everybody thinks you're there from when it opens to closes, right? But that's not yeah. the truth, right? It's like being an entrepreneur means you're putting your entire life into it. I spent two years, I went swimming once. I worked every day, like 14 hours, 16 hours some days, you know? It's But it's what I love to do, you know? Now with a family, I actually take Sundays off usually, you know? Yeah. So I'm home, but I don't have hobbies. I don't do anything else, right? Yeah. Like if I have time off, I love my shop, right? I got a killer stereo. You know, I can build whatever I want. So there's, I, I just, my life's already too short for everything I want to build. But the other thing is like, your hobby is what you do. And like, you love what you do so much that you do it every single day. Like, That's I mean, right. I, I found it so yeah. interesting with the podcast discovery form that we say, you. you're like, under hobbies, most people will put like, oh, uh, you know, like, I like playing sports, I like golfing, mm. or, uh, you know, I like going on vacation with my family. Keith put two things. <laughs> music. Working music. with concrete yeah. and music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's like no, I think simple... I put building furniture. That's right, yeah. building yeah. furniture. But I build mixed media furniture, right? So every once in a while, I got to get out my chops and actually hand cut a dovetail or do a Morrison tenon. Yeah. But I really do have a concrete shop now, which is fun. But I st all my pieces I've been building right now are dining room tables, right? I'm doing yeah. a five foot wide by 14 foot long table for Whoa. clients right now so how long will that take you uh probably like if it was just it was just just you. working on that oh and while well, i have a i have shop help right right so, just one guy um so we've been working on the base took us a few days to form and pour and then i changed my mind and <laughs> redid it uh but they're pretty complicated right it's like so you got to get steel base elements fabricated and then when I'm these clients are great they've left me with a bit of creative freedom okay so I've managed to like do really fun stuff like a lot of copper plate inlays and then uh, just I do a, this nanoparticle staining uh, so we're using elements of that it's hard to explain when nanoparticle staining yeah it's a I'm putting on my face where I'm like pretending that I understood yeah, everything. Right. Yeah, but right like now. deep down, it's a I'm stain like, you what can is mix that? with any carrier. I'll just so just picture vinegar and oil, right? Okay. So you can put it in. Um, 
won't bore you with the technical stuff. No, please, please do. Like it's <laughs> well, you can put stuff. it in lithium silica, which is densifier. You can put it in methyl hydride. You can put it in acetone. You can put it in water, right? So if you flood a surface of the concrete with acetone and use like a xylene-based one or lithium silicate, it creates, it's just like vinegar and oil, right? You know, when you get focaccia bread and you like mix it around? <laughs> yeah. That's where the idea came from. So I've been working on it for several years now. So I do sell some pieces as art pieces. Oh, and cool. like wall hangings and stuff, right? Because I don't consider myself an artist in any way, shape, or form. I'm an artisan, right? And to me, an artisan means if you have a beautiful accident, you got to learn to create that. It's not a one-time thing, right? Like, I earned my title of artisan. I figured after about 10 years where okay. I could repeat what I did predictably and reliably and had, right. like, a client base that appreciated what I did, right? I like I like that. I like that. You want to piss me off, post four things on uh, your Instagram page and start giving advice to other people. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, it's a, a I failed more times than 90% of people have ever tried, right? So yeah. that's why I love teaching. Don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's brutal, man. Everybody's yeah. uh, an expert on Instagram. Yeah. And, and it happens pervasively with social media stuff, especially people that know social media. Yeah. It's like I could post I could be a social media expert. Like anybody could be this social media expert by the standards that people put out on it's, Instagram it's ridiculous. or Facebook. It's, yeah. crazy. it's ridiculous. We've had this conversation so many times where yeah. it's like, you know, you can you, you can rent the nice house, you can rent the fancy cars for the day, you can pay a few of these models to dress up in bikinis yeah. and take out every dollar that you have in the bank and put it in cash and lay it out on a bed and shoot a video and now you're a social media expert. <laughs> it's like Yeah, yeah it's a the mo I think one of the highest watched videos on concrete countertops was made by a lady who was making her first concrete countertop. Really, hey? I can't remember how many views I had. Excuse me, and it was uh, it was ridiculous. Like, but like how why are you watching a lady who tears open a bag of pre-mixed stuff and throws it in a form and oh, this is what you do. That's not what I do, right? So right. I mean, that pisses off all concrete artisans, right? Right. You think it's easy, and it's it's not, right? It was easy. To do it right. Yeah. I've, since I've started, I've watched, there's been at least 20 to 25 guys between Kelowna, Vernon, and Kamloops start and quit. Because like, it's, it's hard, like right? Five years or less, most of them? Oh, not even. They'll do three, four projects. I actually lose more business to people doing shitty work than I do good competition. Uh, just as an example, I had quoted, it was, both, it was a big job, right? Like $35,000 up at Sun Peaks. I go to the meeting and everything's great. And I give them their quote. They're very happy. They go home back to Vancouver and they say, oh, you don't want concrete. I've seen it. It's terrible. Well, you've never seen mine, right? Like, yeah. So yeah. I lost that whole job, you know? So I said I lose more to bad work. And there is more bad work out there than there is good work, unfortunately. Well, and you have to work to, to get rid of that tarnished reputation that other you know, shitty concrete artisans have, you know, exactly. concrete artisans. This is why I started quotes. training, right? Because I would rather give away everything I know. And I've, I've talked to guys and all over the world, I get asked questions and they're blown away that I'll actually answer a question. I'm like, I come from a trades background, right? And all the way up until like, I think finally did my carpentry apprenticeship for like a year. Nobody would apprentice me because they said, well, why would I train you? So you can take my work. I'm like, well, that's how everything works in society. <laughs> mm -hmm. You need to mentor other people to get better at what you do. Otherwise, they're just going to be doing shitty work. And, it's right? and it looks bad for everybody. So you need to teach me how to do this. So I learned by watching TV, New Yankee Workshop, you know? Yeah. Like, 
watch, you just watch, or buy fine home building, you know, and learn, yeah. just read books. I learned everything I know from reading books, right? Design and control of concrete mixtures, right? Like, like it's, I love technical stuff. So, yeah, anyway, it's a, get me started on people not mentoring other people. So, oh, and now with training, it's fun because we get people from all over the world and they actually will leave their projects behind. So we get to donate a lot of that stuff. Oh, so cool. the right. little black dress event, we donate benches or different planters or different things so we try to help out the community as best we can so no that's awesome that's awesome and you're like you're you're giving back in in your way as well and the best thing about what you do is like you you said it yourself you give away everything that you have like all your knowledge and that's yeah that's huge because you know at the end of the day like for one now you're considered the expert in the field and you're you're providing the, the value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of them. But you're providing the valuable insights, but you're also of the knowledge that, you know, a good majority of the people aren't going to do anything about it. <laughs> no, I'd say probably 10% of all the people I've trained, they'll go home and make yep. stuff for themselves. And a lot of people tell me that. It's the first thing I ask. It's like, what do you want to do with this? And I just trained a guy in Vancouver. And, you know, there's really nobody I can find that's worth mentioning in the entire lower mainland really yeah so he came here so i always get like i call them the keeners you know they come to a course and because they call me all the time like i'm just open to them so i'm surprised i don't have my phone with me but like i'm surprised it'll go off today and be like hey i'm doing this how do i do this right so i love that there's one day i was talking to five different students in like four hours simultaneously just like back and forth and answering questions and i'm not a big texter so i'll just call them and stuff but i made some really good friends like from all over the place you know that i want to go visit right because i'm so invested in them like these Norwegian guys, Jose, it's these three partners, right? Jose, Jose from... He's actually from Chile. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And Martin's English. That's not lining up. <laughs> yeah, and then Kato's the actually only Norwegian, right? Right. So they came over here for a class, and they were like, we already have a shop rented. Nobody does this in Norway. Can we do this? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, but <laughs> I will help you as best I can, right? I mean, I love bugging Jose because he's like... He couldn't figure out how to load a glue gun, like a hot melt glue gun. <laughs> but you should see the projects they're doing. They've done a couple of home shows. They're just crushing it. Like the products that they're pushing out now are unbelievable, right? And that has a little bit to do with me. But honestly, it's just going home and having the passion to spend the time and work and work and work. And they, they he works two jobs, right? So, yeah. But you know what the thing is, though, is that if they were asked the question, how you know where is your success or what is your success attributed to, I bet you it's more disproportionate than one you would think. If they got asked, okay, how much of an impact did Keith have on you? They would probably say it's a lot b- bigger than just a small. Oh, I think you, so for sure. Because I, I, I keep talking to them right? for years, right? It's yeah. not, you don't just go home from my course. Right. And by the way, I don't train anybody locally. So if you're local listening to this, forget it, I'm not training. I'm not letting you steal my business. <laughs> or 20 years to build it. So I actually don't oh, train but anybody we're, locally. we're still on for next weekend for you to teach me all your secrets. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I do. I actually do train guys locally if, if they just want to do stuff for themselves. Right. Yeah. I'll teach right. you how my... Oh, okay, so as long as their yeah. intentions are there, like intentions are just... Yeah. Straight with, with creating on I mean, their own. I have non-disclosure agreements and non-competitive clauses, but I'm... I, be, I live in a world where a handshake means something. Yeah. I spent a bunch of money getting those drawn up at the lawyer. I've never made a single, I don't even know where they are. I've never made a single person sign them. Yeah. Right? Because I just judge you on the phone. It's like, well, no, I just want to build stuff for my family. And it, it's hard, man. <laughs> like, I'm working on a Cedar Creek winery. It's doing a new restaurant. Like, our one sink is 800 pounds. Like, 
who wants to pack that thing around, right? Like, I don't have any friends left because they all know I'm going to call them to lift heavy stuff, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I just keep my beer stocked or fridge stocked with beer and, you know, hey, guys, want to come over for a beer? And they're like, yeah, we know you got heavy shit to lift, man. We're <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> <I> coming by. <laughs> I just kidding. I got good friends, but. Well, Shelby and I are always down to lift heavy things. So there you go. Yeah. 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 And I don't even like beer, so there you go. <laughs> I'm a cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'm curious where this desire to create started. So you went from creating to training, and that's super cool. But I kind of want to know, it seems like in every creator's mind, it started with something. Like, were you the kid that was building stuff with Lego, or like, what happened? No, it wasn't ever like that. It's like, I was always told in school, you got to go to college, you got to go to college, right? Like, you're talking to a guy who peer-tutored photography, had two PE classes, he peer-tutored a PE class, <laughs> and had Western Civilization for his final semester. I failed Western civilization, <laughs> okay? I really do believe that for a lot of guys, by grade 10, you should be done. You should be thrown into a trades program, right? Like, I'm not stupid by any means, right? But I don't care about sitting and learning about biology or something. Nowadays, I sit and watch, like, History Channel and Discovery. I love that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. I'm on YouTube watching, you know, string theory things on TED Talks. But when I was in high school, I wasn't going to go to college, right? So I started when I was 13 helping a bricklayer. I was his apprentice bricklayer, mixing mud and packing bricks. And I can still drive by that house today and see that chimney. So when, by the time I was like 16, I remember I was like, I was like, oh, I helped build that chimney, right? That's really cool. What I thought was, is it was really neat to have that where you could drive around and see what you'd done, right? I worked in a grocery store for a few years and I was like, oh, you faced the aisle today. And, Tomorrow you'll face the aisle again. Right? <laughs> so right before I moved to Vernon, they were actually going to make me assistant manager. And kind of my, I was like 19. My whole life flashed before my eyes. I was like, God, I just, I just, I can't. Like it was fine. It was a job, right? I needed a job. But I was like, I just can't do this anymore. So I said, uh, No, I quit. And they're like, What? And I'm like, No, I'm going snowboarding. And they're like, you just went on the weekend. I'm like, no, I think I'm going to move to Vernon. I heard the mountain's really good there. I've never been here, and I just moved here, right? Where, where were you from? Uh, at that time, I was, I'm from Vancouver Island. I graduated high school in Qualicum Beach. Gotcha. Oh, no way. I lived in Port Alberni at the time because I wanted to be close to Fino for surfing and stuff, right? Well, I'd be happy awesome. to know you're more educated than I am because you graduated high school. So. I didn't technically graduate because I failed Western You <laughs> failed Western civilizations, man. <laughs> that's, that's another high five for those yeah. that are listening. From two entrepreneurs. <laughs> I graduated. I guess I'm the outcast here. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I have you know, a few friends that like are grade 10, grade 11 that own really successful businesses. And I'm not saying don't get your grade 12, right? But no, it for has the average its place. It's, it's, Absolutely, and you should get it just because it's something you need in society nowadays. Yeah, right? but I'm. I always tell people the same thing. Like, I don't suggest. I don't suggest not graduating high school. Like, no. I joke about it now, and like when I see other people that have it, I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, high five yeah. and stuff like that. But, I mean, when you break it down, it's not for everyone. It's not. No. It is not the easiest no. thing to to and it's do. Like, it I'm actually, actually, not lazy, and neither are you. No, right? it, but that that's why we actually like did something with it because at the end of the day it's like you gotta it gets harder it doesn't get easier when you leave high school oh, it's not like oh yeah. i'm not gonna graduate high school so my life's gonna be easier now it's like no 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 no, no. like you're no. gonna make things 10 times harder for yourself so you better know how to work your ass off because yeah, otherwise it's not gonna work that's exactly it like being so, an entrepreneur by no means i wish i would have had a little bit more business experience like i said i did community futures yeah entrepreneur program how and, long was that oh, God, so long ago man i can't no remember. like how long was the program in total well, what it was was the, you're, you, 
because I'd been working, I got EI, and you're yeah. allowed to start your own business and get EI. So that really helped, right? And they lent me money was the other big one to oh, buy cool. tools and stuff, right? Yeah. So um, I can't remember. It's like a, a month or two. Or and something. is it mentorship too? Like a lot of mentorship? Yeah, you can go in and ask questions. They have like finance yeah. people. but like Was Rob Short there at that time? God, it's so long ago. It's no? like over 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, that sounds familiar because I got... He's like, he's one guy I attribute a lot of like my success oh, okay. financially to. Because he's um, with Community for Futures he's, now. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the guys I uh, talked to with uh, like a few of the businesses that I started up. And, oh, okay. And including the takeover of the fig. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, yeah, he's it's a funny. great guy. One thing that most people always see is that they always like, and people always say, oh, you're so lucky to have this, right? Oh, God. And I'm like... <laughs> I said, do you know how I started building stuff? I said, do you think I had like a bunch of tools? I went to Canadian Tire, you know, they got the 80% off sales. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I bought a drill and I already had like a saw I got from somewhere and a couple of things from my grandfather. And I took a, like a circular saw and plunged it through a piece of plywood and bolted it there. So you'd actually have to like put a clamp on it to lock it on. And I like clamped a two by four next to it to make my first table saw. So I actually started making my first stuff with like ridiculously dangerous equipment. <laughs> so it's like, I learned how to do stuff with nothing, right? Like, yeah. it's like, I didn't have a 2,400 square foot shop with all these tools when I started, right? Like I got, like I'd work and get, and I'd get a hand chisel, right? You hit a pawn shop and lurch. Yeah, like, and then you people just look for reasons they can't do things, oh, totally, right? Always. I always look for a way like, because my first shop was way out in Cherryville. It's like, you didn't just drive to town and be like, well, how am I going to do this when I don't have anything, right? And you just work around it, right? So You figure out a way. No, they see, they see the finished product and then they throw words like, oh, you're so lucky you did all this. And it's like, it goes back to what you just said. Like, for two years, you went swimming once. Yeah. I was just having this conversation. Was it with you, Shelby? Anyways, yeah. I was like, yeah. I, was like I haven't Saturday. been in the lake this year. We have I just three... went Wednesday. You did? The oh. first time. <laughs> yeah, Another my, high five. My first one was in, in late May I went. It was freaking cold, man. Yeah. Super cold. I haven't been since. But yeah. seriously, we, we, have, just, we, we have lives and, and we're busy. Like we're, it's That's the thing. You, you have to focus on almost one thing or another. It's, it's the it's myth tough. of the Okanagan lifestyle. Oh, totally. If yes. you retire yeah. here, then that's one thing, right? But if you live here, we're just... We're always well, running around working, right? And if you got a nine to five job, like, and there's nothing against a, a, a regular nine to five job, or you know, there is a significant amount of government workers here. So there's a lot of people with the city. There's um, hospital workers, things like that. You know, anyone in those types of jobs. I mean, those are still shift workers and whatnot. But mm -hmm. you know, you work for a good wage, go home, and you do the Okanagan lifestyle. Yeah, and then you go. But to the for lake. the entrepreneurs, it's it's a little bit different. It doesn't necessarily work like that. No. But at least know, not now. But you know what? That's fine. Yeah. They're they're usually like if they're happy, I'm happy for them too. Yeah, but totally. don't turn around and say that I'm lucky. Yeah, that I, it's easy. Oh, must be nice. That's all. Oh, it's like, come on, don't even like Must be nice, yeah. Well, and, and people It is are, nice, right? And that's yeah. the truth. It's like, yeah, it is nice. I get to, like, if I want to blow off work for an hour this morning and spend it with my baby, I can do that, right? But yep. there's also, like, maybe when my baby goes to bed, I'm going to work for five hours at yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, so you just, you, you can pick and choose. I would never change a thing. Yep. I would never give up my freedom. Since I was a little kid, I was always disruptive in classes. And my mom always said, if you want Keith to behave, put him in charge, right? So I, I was pretty much obvious I was going to be self-employed, right? Yeah. Because I don't like being told what to do, right? I collaborate with my worker and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm not, but in the end, it's my reputation. It's my money, right? Yeah, and I'm it's your choice. Yeah. 
So no, I think it's it's I wouldn't change anything, right? No, so. and I'm 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 with you there by by all means. I mean, we we make our bed and we sleep in it at yeah. night. And, and I wouldn't live anywhere else, thing, right? you know. Yeah. Yep. When my wife's born and raised here, and we've talked a bunch of times, like where would like cause I'd I'd love to live on the island, right? But it's like would I? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like I do like it there, but it's like I really love it here. Like my daughter's named Eleanor Mabel, right? Like after Mabel Lake, so that's where we went. So we went. and took her swimming in her namesake you know like, baptized her in the cool. lake yeah it's like i there's so many things that i love here you know like where do you have a ski hill like it's 20 minutes from my shop you know yeah, yeah. well like, and, and that's the thing you know the the ski hill stops in april so you can have you can have you know 20 degrees down here and yet you can still go up to ski that afternoon yeah, come down golf in there's, the afternoon exactly there's but not many places that we have the freedom to do that shouldn't talk about that because people realize how nice it is here people will move and they here. keep moving here <laughs> don't don't move to vernon move to Kelowna. it's a lot better there yeah, that's <laughs> there's lots of new homes being built yeah. <laughs> lots of spec houses no. Yeah. no that's interesting though like the that's just the journey though like what kind of feelings do you get when people go like oh it must be so nice because they're just forgetting about all the struggle that you had to go through and all that all that i actually work, let right? people come and work with me like if people think it's like oh this must be nice to that's do that's a great idea and i'm like yeah. do you want to come and help make it yeah how about you and take they'll it? be like oh really i'm like yeah no problem right you can come and help and a lot of people do and they're just like Within the first day, they're just like soaked and filthy and covered in toxic crap. <laughs> and <it's> like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this isn't quite the way I thought it was, you know, on yeah. an edited YouTube video, on a five minute YouTube video, right? It's like, you know, it takes us like seven days straight to make your project, right? Like, plus, never mind the design aspects of it and like prototyping. So I'm prototyping like three, for a client right now, I have three bench prototypes, two uh, like bar stool prototypes, right? So I need them to come in. And do you think that's cheap? You know, yeah. Like just the materials for that, right? So, like I said, I wouldn't change a thing. But it's fun. Like I'm having so much fun lately. So, so there's there's a natural continuity to this story, though. You you've gone from artisan also to teacher. Mm -hmm. I would like to go into this as like a section of this this recording um, to know where your love for teaching came in and and obviously you are a good teacher if you have people that come all over the world they they come to you you don't have to go to them now what gave you that drive to start teaching and what have you found how how has it changed your life uh one i made it just i feel like i can reach out to anybody in the world and like i i get so invested in them right i think it's seven people come for seven days it's forty five hundred dollars for the course okay so by the time most people travel and have accommodations for the week, you're hitting eight to $10,000 for wow. seven days. So that's a significant investment people are putting in me, right? Yeah. So I designed the course so that they basically take home the value of the course. So you make a countertop with an integral sink, you make a bench project. Then we do like, if you want to make something, we make it. So some days I've had guys, we've been there till two in the morning, like, polishing and if they want to make stuff they we make stuff i've never said no i don't have it's not a group class where you sit around with 12 guys and watch one guy make something right everybody makes their own stuff and they get to take it home so i just designed the course to be what i would want out of a, a course i because i hate going to a course and standing around watching people do stuff and it's like two o'clock and you're like can i go home yet right. yeah, and then you go home and you review your notes and it's already overwhelming but you didn't get any practical like i said i'm a trades guy you learn with your hands right yeah, totally so i make people do 
a ton of work with their hands, right? So we have, we've had probably about, I'd say not a lot, but maybe 15% women come to the course. So like some for some private classes and stuff. We had some teachers come up from a technical school in the States because they wanted, they were teaching half art course, half um, science. So they wanted, they had the science of the concrete, but they wanted to do the art part, right? So they teach the science of chemistry of concrete and hydration process and then the mixed designs and everything. And then they take them in and they actually make stuff. So that was one of my best courses because they were like one minute late for class. So I stood out in front and said, pointed at my fictitious watch and said, <laughs> ladies, appreciate it if you could get here on time. <laughs> but so the teaching part is, uh, I didn't know if I would like it, uh, so I beta tested it for a long time, and I really had a two-week class, right? Because I, I, to me, if you want to do this, like, and you can't come for two weeks, how how serious are you about something, right? A trades program, you're in school for three week or three months, four times, right? Plus working every day. So how am I supposed to instill as much knowledge as I can into you in seven days, right? So while still making it practical, which I think I've done. Right. I think I've managed to just pound the information into people. And it's like I said, just trust your hands. And I really I don't even give people like very much technical information. Like I, I can't sit down at a computer and type stuff out. So I, I have like one of my students was a teacher and he wrote out all his notes and I kind of edited them. So it's really pathetic. Honestly, <laughs> I sent you this like crappy PDF. But the truth is, is I'm available for you. Right. If you have a question, just call me like. Like you can look through a book and be like, oh, I don't know, does that apply? Or you want to do this technique? How do I do that? Right. So. Yeah, and then you can get, but you can get real knowledge from somebody who's actually probably done exactly what you did, right? Exactly. And it's at the push of a button, which is handy. Yeah, and you just no other teachers do that. They charge you like 150 bucks a month to or, get like three emails and one phone call. Or their or two oh, year man, it's criminal that the two year fifteen thousand dollar. Yeah. We've got mentorship for two years. You can reach out to us once a week yeah. with all of your questions. Like $15,000. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. thanks. <laughs> I'm just not that arrogant about what I do, right? And guys will call me and I'll just start laughing. They're like, well, it's kind of mean. I was like, no, because I just did this last week, right? <laughs> like, right. Things screw up, right? Like, yeah. So I don't make too many mistakes nowadays, but I just, uh, I had a tabletop that had these cool brass inlays. And I left it covered with plastic. And I know not to do that because it's a wet side, dry side. Concrete will warp, right? right? So it basically cupped by almost a quarter of an inch. So I'm not sending that to a client. It's their dining room table. If you spill something, you're just going to, it's gone, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fill up your lap. So I'd message the client. I'd like broke it apart to get the brass inlays apart. And I threw it away and I'll start over, right? So uh, that's the other thing people like don't get is like the amount of times you fail. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I, that was my fault. I know better than that. I went on to the lake for the day and I was like, oh, I left the poly on that thing. And it's so hot right now. Concrete's not an easy medium to work with. Right. No. So I did, uh, you know, the West Vernon elementary became a daycare. Yeah. 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 yeah so I made sinks for them. It's like really? a donation. Yeah. Uh, spraying X. They said, would you make sinks? I'm like, oh yeah. If I can get kids at like a daycare thinking like this thing cool so i made these big long ramps things for them Sweet. and we like put uh, broken glass and different things in them i was like so i tried to get in at these kids when they're young to appreciate good design right yeah. so oh that's kind of cool yeah it was that was a fun project yeah, right? another maven good way lane, to get, is it called sorry is it called maven lane yeah. yeah yeah another good way to give back to the community too and contribute that's awesome i almost forgot to get my tax receipt for that 
<laughs> what can you do? You can't get all the tax receipts. <laughs> you know, I, it's not even worth it. Just like what do you get to write off in reality, right? So, yeah, totally. whatever. So it how is, is your education, um, like the way that you teach, how has it morphed over the years? Like have you learned certain lessons with teaching styles or has your program just morphed to what you kind of wanted to see? Like, oh, I would want to learn it this way, so this is how I'm going to keep updating it. It changes every class. Not one okay. class has been the same because depending on what projects they want to do, okay, what they want to learn, what they plan on doing with it. So I had a curriculum in the first kind of that I developed. So we were like, okay, you have to get this done today. You have to do this. But I've kind of built in an extra day. And it depends. Like I said, one whole day, basically the Wednesday is them polishing all day. So if they do a small project and don't want to polish, like if you're from Slovakia, like you're not going to make a huge countertop of the sink in it, right? So why would you? So they make little projects. So we, it depends. I've done 90-hour weeks, and I've done like 50-hour weeks, and down, probably down to 30 for some people. They're smaller classes. There's on. just two people, yeah. So it, they're really student-led, right? Like you come in, and people are shocked. It's like, well, what do, what do I make? It's like, what do you want to make? So I always interview each student before they come so that they know what they can expect right and so i can know what to expect too right like do you even know how to use a tool right so i actually have a day before the course if you don't know how to use tools you can actually come and i'll spend the day with you and show you how to use them safely so i actually don't let students use too many tools like a chop saw and sanders and stuff because sounds a dangerous proposition yeah. <laughs> so most of the time because you're going to go home you don't have a bunch of tools so i got to right. show you how to do stuff with nothing so all you really need is a drill and like a circular saw and a, you can make a lot of stuff, right? You teach him how to MacGyver the tools like you yeah, did at the beginning? Exactly. <laughs> so this is how you make an unsafe tool, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recommend that. Yeah. I ran my first courses for three years with no liability insurance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ballsy. <laughs> yeah. But I just, like I said, I just didn't let people do stuff, right? Yeah, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's expensive to get insurance and different things right so yeah definitely. thankfully nobody uh, hurt themselves <laughs> yeah no kidding uh but yeah like i said it's fun awesome i want to go back to like young keith a little bit i kind of like those uh <laughs> those, the stories of like being disruptive put him in charge so like what kind of do you have any good stories when you were a kid like what i can tell you the day i up? decided to become a trades guy okay so i was working i was maybe 14 and uh, i was helping the mason and it was a friday and uh, he says, we got to help my friend pour a foundation today. And I'm like, oh, I don't care. I'm making 280 an hour, right? Like, <laughs> the only reason I had a job is because I was a skateboarder. Skateboard decks back then were like 120 bucks. You know how long you had to work to buy a freaking skateboard? It's <laughs> like three bucks an hour. I remember I got a raise to like 325 or something. But he used to dock yeah. wages from us all day because when I was a kid, we'd get in a water fight with hoses, right? <laughs> So I go home and I get paid for like three hours for the day. <laughs> anyway, uh, I remember he says, we got to go help my friend pour this foundation. So we go there and it's just like a little garage, right? And I don't know if you know what a big concrete vibrator is, like pencil vibrators or stick vibrators. So like big, long concrete vibrators, right? You just plunge into the concrete to vibrate to get all the air out, right? And so we get there and we're running around and they're yelling at us, of course, to do stuff. And I'm watching these guys who've been buddies forever, right? And they're goosing each other with the vibrator, you know, and the guy's bent over and everybody's laughing, <laughs> oh right? God. And we're done at the end of the day and the homeowner comes out and says, hey, you guys want a beer? You guys want a pop, you kids? And we're like, yeah. So they sit down and have a beer and we have a pop. And I'm like, this is your job? Like, you get to hang out with your buddies, build stuff and 
you, this is what you do all day and I got to go to school? <laughs> like, this seems way better, right? <laughs> like, I just want to hang out with my buddies and build cool shit too, right? Like, so that's the day I remembered. And, like, you know, I, I considered going to school to be a lawyer or going yeah. to advertising, yeah. Was that like, was so how were your parents supportive of this? Were they like, oh, you, you know, were they supportive of do what you want to do and do what you love? Or were they like, no, no I you moved need out to go when I was school. 18. I moved yeah. home after high school. They gave me two months and then I had to start paying rent at home. And, you know, it's good. I think everybody should do that. Get the hell out oh, of the I house, right? Couldn't yeah, agree more. So I was out when I was 18. Uh, and I had to make my own money, right? Like I made, I got a job at a different grocery store for five bucks an hour. I lived on my own, so when all these people whine about how hard it is today, I worked 25 hours a week, had a car payment of like 200 bucks a month, and my rent was like 350 because I had a roommate. You can do the math on that, right? Like you, things were pretty lean back then, yeah. right? Yeah. I walked to work because I didn't have gas money, right? So you know, I'm not again. I'm not complaining, right? But it's like funny. Every generation oh, seems to complain. Things, it puts things into perspective, right? Yeah, and they, it's, like, it, it's just like you say. I really though. don't think it's any tougher for kids nowadays. Yeah, houses are more expensive, but yeah. you know, you're making twelve fifty to start at Wendy's, right? Like, yeah. you're not supposed to work there for the rest of your life and have a career there. That's where you start, <laughs> right? Like, do something else. There's supposed to be shitty jobs so that you do something else, right? Well, that's, they're supposed yeah. to they're supposed to teach you like values, like customer service, like yeah. work ethic, like all these things, right? But no, you're totally right. I mean, you're not I mean, unless you want to be a Wendy's manager or something like that or Most own a Wendy's, construction guys work your way will up. start you at 16, if not 17 buck an hour to know nothing because we need trades guys, right? Yeah. Nobody's getting into too. trades and that's my standard joke on Instagram. I'll post a picture of me like on the lake and do like a lovely panoramic shot and be like, how's your neighbor's tuna fish sandwich smell again for the 10th day in a row <laughs> in your <laughs> shitty office job, right? It's like... It, I, I, well, and that's that's a good point. I, I, uh, I kind of want to bring in the whole, um, you know, like things like wage increases. Mm. Like, so... On a fundamental level, having a living wage is is a great concept. It's a great idea. Absolutely. I think where people go wrong is that they rely on other people to change things for them. Yeah. Because if you're working in, for example, like a Wendy's job and you're, say you're 25, you've had five or six years to go out and try and get more experience in the world. And Jim Rohn t talked about, he's an old trainer, you know, a corporate trainer a long time. He passed away. But he was like, if you want to make more money or if you want to have more success, you need to make sure that the market values your skills. And if you don't go out and acquire some skills, you're gonna let someone else run your show because any, almost anybody can go and work at Wendy's. So up your game a little bit, just go and get a new skill. It doesn't matter, find something that you love, spend a little bit of time learning it and then figure it out from there. Mm. And you know what? We're so you concerned what, about it. You know what though? Honestly, just find, and you don't need to just find a new skill. Find something you already like, like, and that you're good at. Like, fuck, if Keith can make concrete cool on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Honestly, concrete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, like we said, like, you're not, you don't necessarily love social media. It's not that you were like, so loving of instagram you're like oh i love instagram you're like no like what, right? what can instagram do for me what yeah. can how can we use it to network how can we so it's just like it's a really good lesson there because you're going i grinded for so long and it was something that you loved so i'll tell you a quick story about literally my, my buddy kirk yeah yeah literally <laughs> grinded. Yeah. so i get this call from this kid one day 
I think he's about 23. He's like, man, he said, I, I, I just love what you do. He said, do you mind if I come and ask, ask you a few questions? I said, have beer, we'll talk, right? So I just said, buy a six pack, we'll sit down and have a beer and I'll answer some questions, right? He wanted to do what I do so bad that he used to come and work for free and bring a case of beer once a week. Wow. So when people say, oh, there's no opportunities, no. It's Make like, your opportunities. You, there's nobody out there that's an artisan that won't help you. If they do, you don't want to work for them anyway. I, I won't say that. When I started building furniture, I had to go through Community Futures, go interview other furniture guys. Right. I remember, <laughs> you can believe this if you want, but this is, a, I'm quoting. He said, if you think you're going to make a fucking living building furniture, you're wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm 23, man. Like, how about some encouragement? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I'm like, I brought you donuts and coffee. Like, like really? Like, that's what you're going to tell me? I guess who's still in business and who isn't, right? Yeah, there you go, right? So, you know. No, you can, honestly, I I won't even, like, retract this or work around it. You can literally make a living doing anything. Absolutely. Anything. Especially, you like, just with the internet sure and value. everything now. Honestly, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. You can make jewelry and make a living. <laughs> Wrapping wire around stones. Or apparently you can steal jewelry from the Vernon Mall and make a living. Like, <laughs> in a Jeep. That's a good No, Toyota. Yeah, Limited edition. Oh, they don't make them anymore. Don't wreck them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's super interesting too. Our very first guest, uh, Darren Jacklin, he was talking about how in order to get a business contact, that like he couldn't get through the gatekeepers. Mm. And then, so he's like, you know, fuck this. I'm just gonna go to the guys, you know, he found out basically that the guy, he f had fired his, uh, was the the housekeeper or something like that? The, 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 the landscaper. The landscaper. And so he, he needs somebody to mow the lawn. Yeah, so he's like, I'm gonna, he's like, what's your address? He's like, oh, you know, this and this. He's like, why? He's like, I'm gonna come mow your lawn and, and uh, clean your pool. And that's how he got into a private Absolutely. party. And it's like, None of us have the humility because they feel like we're, it's like we always feel like we're bigger than that. It's like, dude, you've got go to respect ambition. Right? Exactly. Oh, 100%. Everybody, you, but you have to have ambition with humility, right? Don't think you're not. So, most of my job is just cleaning my shop, right? Yeah. Like we make a mess and we clean it up. And there's, we have what we call the sludge pit, right? From polishing. You got to get in there, like on your hands and knees, and clean out like wet concrete sludge, right? That's what I do too. Most of the time, Rocky does. It. He's my helper. But <laughs> I do it like one out. Hey, of I know Rocky. Eight times, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who hooked us up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, Rocky also uh, he did the edges of my uh, yeah, concrete so floors. Yeah, so it's my friend John owns Pinnacle Concrete. Yeah, that's right, John. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah John did my floors. Yeah, John and I have been friends for a long time. So no, there you go. But no, it's uh, it's true. You gotta have you gotta have that humility as well. I mean. You're in you're in client services as well, so you're physically cleaning, but you're also dealing with you know client shit all the it's time everything. too, right? It's like just like home doing bookkeeping and you're doing quotes, like it's, it's all the stuff that people don't see. We don't post. I mean, some you can do stories on Instagram of you like doing your accounting work, but yeah. like, that's also boring shit. So, <laughs> but it's like nobody sees the stuff behind the scenes. Even with this podcast, everyone just sees that we throw a mic on a table and are just talking. It's hours of editing. It's hours of editing, it's but make man, us all it took sound us far more months. interesting than we are. <laughs> it took us yeah, three months Clinton, to launch. That's Clinton's it took job. you how many years of applying yourself, and again, ambition with humility, just like you said. You if, have to if be people didn't like it, it, I would tear it out and throw it away. I did it for the concrete part for over two years, two and a half years, just for like friends, for like nothing. 
to get good at it, right? And I, my, I can still go visit the first people I ever did my stuff in, right? So they called me up, it was last year. They said, oh, we need a new piece for behind the sink because we're changing the faucets, right? And want to put in a soap dish. Well, how do you match, you know, 15-year-old concrete, right? I figured it out and did it, right? You just figure it out, right? I think people, that's what true intelligence is to me, is problem-solving capabilities, right? Yeah, critical thinking. Like, yeah, Absolutely. just like, how to, how am I going to do this? But you, I don't know, right? And then you just sit and think. I mean, I didn't sleep for like, 15 years you know yeah because it's just like a wake up nowadays i've a lot more experience and i just realize you can just adapt when you get to a job site because i drive my helper nuts because i'll get there and say i thought we we're doing this it's like no i just changed my mind oh, completely different right yeah so now i just don't worry about it anymore because i have so much experience right right but that takes a long time so now i got all my students that are messaging me and they're craning stuff up you know 20 stories onto a deck and getting it through and he's like i haven't slept in two days i'm like ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to business my friend right yeah. it's like we dropped one and broke it and i was like yeah that happens <laughs> make another one right and other guys would be like is this acceptable and i'm like have you shown it to the client he's like no i'm like ask the client that's our job is to make clients happy right it's to make customers happy that's what we need to do if you're not, not happy with it doesn't matter as much you should be right in my whole career i've given myself 95 percent on one project that's the highest i'll always hit you won't see it if it's not at 90 right right but there's always things you can do better and you always have to be learning and that's otherwise like what are you doing like get a different job like start doing something else right like if you can't improve yourself every day then i don't know what you're doing yeah yeah that that's just it when uh, when I was in the restaurants, actually, uh, Clinton, our audio guy, we both worked in the same restaurant job in, in Vancouver, and our leaders would always say, you know, be like, oh, is, is this cool? Or, or you just, you know, cocky as hell, throw up a dish that, you know, doesn't maybe look so great, and they're like, hey, would you serve this to your grandmother? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Okay, then you better remake it, and don't put up another one like that, or I'm going to beat your ass. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. You have to be your own worst but... critic, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, if you're your own boss, you have to be your own worst critic. Are you happy with that? And I, I mean, I've called clients and said, you know what? Like, for instance, I did this hearth that was 12 feet in one direction, 16 feet in the other direction, okay? I wound up convincing I could do and it's like 24 inches deep. So I made it all in my shop. It was perfect, but it was in three pieces. It took seven of us to carry in each piece we get them in and then we have to fit them under this window ledge okay so me and three more guys work for like hours and the floor is off a little bit so we're just you know we're we're carving things out and grinding things down to fit in and then the homeowner shows up and i'm like four hours in and just getting pissed off now right because it's i'm not going to be happy with this so i tell the homeowner who i hadn't met i'd met the wife and not the husband i'm like yeah so i quit and he's like what i said I'm not going to be happy with this, so we're going to scrap this and do it a completely different way, right? So that's what we did. I threw it away and started over. So I basically didn't make any money on that job, right? Cause because the time after and that materials material. and stuff, right? And then, anyway, this is a longer story to that, but it, I have to go home and be proud of myself at the end of every day, right? I, I mean, I do it for money. I have to eat. I blame my parents when I was a kid. They fed me three times a day, and I got used to it. <laughs> so, yeah. I got used to one. In my 20s, I got used to eating twice a day. But uh, either way. Right? God damn, mom and dad. Three yeah. meals. Spoiled Jeez. me. 
clean clothes and a roof over my head. Oh, God. How dare they? <laughs> yeah. I'm nervous. Showering in a normal shower and not with a bucket. Just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. I actually lived in a tent for like couple of months here because we used to have like a it's called the sprout like water sports association yeah. it's like a private campground so we just had cold running water so but i can't ever complain about that to get up every morning go water skiing and then wakeboarding and so i lived in a tent for like three four months here so i'm just i think the key for me is like i'm pretty even keeled like I can be sitting on a beach in Kauai, and I'm just as happy as I am sitting in a mud puddle in the rain. Like, <laughs> I don't really get that upset one way or the other. And I've been criticized. Like, isn't this amazing? And I'm like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Like, how dare you And I work in amazing awesome. houses, right? Like, yeah. it's one house, the guy has his own personal golf course. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know? I don't golf that much, so I wouldn't <laughs> use it that much, you know? But that's just yeah, like, I have a putting green in my office. I mean, like... <laughs> It's all what we want, right? It's what life expectancies we expect, right? Yeah, out totally. of life. Like, I expect to be happy every day. I think that's a big difference. I don't expect to be rich, right? I expect to be comfortable, you know? I don't, and that means different things to different people, right? So, like, we just bought a new house, right? So, needs a bit of work, but it's from 1957. It's not, like, to, to me, it's like, I'm so excited about it because it was a German guy owned it. It's all built in. It's in East like, Hill? Uh, no, just over on 17th. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like right next to BX Creek. It feels like you're in the middle of the country. I'm six blocks from my shop. You know? Oh, wow. Like I can't, like to sell was, we sold our townhouse, right? Which is always just a flip. And I feel like it's all built in cabinets. It's like so 1960s, man. It's like a built in stereo with a record player and stuff. And I'm like leaving it all and we're just redoing the floors because it's just so retro. I love it. That's quirky like my wife and I, right? So it's good. It's like, it was a good score. Some people want, like if, you, if you're if you me and you work in the houses I live in or work in, you know, you're like, we're always in lakefront houses. These amazing, you know, I mean, they're infinitely priced, these houses, yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I, my wife will come and see them some days and we're all like, yeah, it's nice, you know, it's like, it's not really us. So we find this like quirky little house at the end of a dead end street and we're like this is us it's 760 square feet per floor like it's tiny right but i'm like this is cool this is somebody put their effort into it. i actually wrote a letter to the homeowner and just said i don't know if you care or not i said but we plan on leaving all this here because i respect this as a woodworker and how much time and effort went into this and yeah the lady sold us the house did they get did they get back to you the owners yeah 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 we went and met her that's awesome. Uh, the the homeowners what? are dead, but uh, there's oh. a, well, a guy's caregiver. So we so we got okay. to hear stories. I found a picture in the house. We're actually going to frame it and like put it on the wall because I feel like realistically, like I'm a caretaker of their home. It oh, lived there 60 years, right? Yeah. Like it's not my house. It's not my house to do what I want with. It's my house to maintain now and raise my daughter in it. And hopefully she doesn't get eaten by a cougar or a bear coming Ooh. down BX Creek. But, <laughs> We'll keep our fingers we are going to put a fence you, up. We'll, we'll put a fence up. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Uh... <laughs> it should be raised with a hip knife, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a barbed wire on top. She'll know uh, how to use a homemade I... table saw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. She's got a real uh... one now. Shouldn't have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Enough. I have a serious, sort of serious question. Uh, Kit, let's talk about um, how it relates to your work, but the concept of perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us, you know, we strive for, for, for perfection. Most of us know that, 
you know, perfection is unattainable. Otherwise it wouldn't be called perfection. Mm -hmm. But um, how do you relate to perfection and how much of a drive and a pursuit to get better? Do you relate it to the perfect product or is it all just relative and, and about improvement to you? Well, furniture had to be perfect, right? Because people know there's a precedent set, but that's why I love concrete because the character in concrete comes from it being perfectly imperfect. So there's times where I'm supposed to make it flawed, right? Because that's the look they want, where I'm supposed to make it look. People have an idea of concrete like yourselves, right? When you come and see mine, you'll be like, oh, that's concrete? It doesn't make sense, right? Because it's perfect, it's polished, it's like there's no holes or voids or anything. So I actually have to go out of my way to make things imperfect. That's why I love concrete as a medium. It's, I call it the art of controlled chaos, where you're just trying to like, the temperatures change every day, the humidity changes every day. And so from pouring from summer to winter is a completely different thing, right? So that's what I always tell my students is like, as long as your clients are happy with it, then that's what you do. Your job is to make clients happy, whether it's perfect or not. If there's a flaw, like it's perfectly imperfect, right? It can't, it's really hard to get it perfect. Like, cause I'm using sand out of a gravel pit right? And maybe there's a leaf in it. I don't know, right? Like I can't <laughs> go through every little grain of sand or screen it all to do it. So, yeah. you know, we just picked up a bunch of sand that had a bunch of styrofoam in it. So we're like shoveling it and we're like, what? And so we're picking out chunks of styrofoam, right? So maybe that'll be in the surface of a piece and we take it out and fill it back in. That's fine. So I, I, I don't try to be perfect. I try my best at everything I do. But I will say this, because I have friends that just really go crazy and guys who are like uh, like contemporaries of mine on Instagram that are engineers. And it, I always laugh because not in a criticizing way, but it's just not me, right? Well, they'll sit down and do a CAD drawing, right? And like if I have to do a concept, I'll just go grab the bandsaw and some styrofoam and like shape the thing, you know? Yeah. And be like, yeah, that looks good. Let's go make it, right? <laughs> so hence the prototyping, right? Like sometimes yeah. it is just make it. And it's like, if I have a bench that's prototyped and it's not what the client wants and I have something to donate, right? So it's... It's kind of a cool way to look at it. Well, it's, my materials costs are low. It's my time, right? And my time is important to me when I need to be with my family. But when I'm at work, I have, I have a great helper, right? Who can cover a lot of what I do. So, you know, it's that trust and relationship. I'd love to have another one of me in the shop, right? So I could, you know, <laughs> take all... a vacation. <laughs> but then know. again, you have to trust your helper too. Absolutely, yeah. That's a big part of it. And he's perfectly imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that one. It's only the person that will get along with you, right? That's yeah. great though. Yeah, I've had lots of employees over the years. He's, I think, about four or five years now. So, But it's not a full-time job for him either, right? So he, you know, does like... 80 90 hours a month at the most yeah. so but we also it's, it's a pretty intensive job if we go in and pour like three thousand pounds of concrete it's like you're not doing that all day yeah right like all day every day like like I said in my 20s and 30s i was a little bit more ambitious in my <laughs> mid 40s I'm, I'm still in good shape i'm not hurt or anything right but right i want to be able to play with my daughter and go for a walk with her and stuff right fight off the cougars fight off the cougars yeah. <laughs> That's cool. yeah so uh you know as the the great podcaster says uh, rich roll we got to land this plane pretty quick here uh but david and i always have a couple of signature questions that we use oh, yeah. um just to end a end a podcast and kind of get your your final perspectives on things so david why don't you why don't you go first well, i got a few little quick rapid fire ones going so you place music as your hobby what's what's the music you listen to 
Uh, I know everybody says, well, I like everything. Like, I'm pretty serious about that. Like, I hated country music, but my wife's a country music fan. Yeah. So I started listening to country music, like yeah. Zach Brown Band, Marshall Tucker Band, you know, like I, Kenny Chesney. It's like, those aren't my favorite. I'm more like Queens of the Stone Age, you know. Yeah. Uh, when we played music, that's what we sounded like, right? right. Yeah. Uh, I played drums, by the way. Oh, so you're in like a rock band then? Uh, I was for a long time. Cool. I too busy with work. And right. when I was single and stuff, it was a lot easier to play. But we used to just get together twice a week and play. I never wanted to be a musician or a rock star. It's just fun to do, right? If I had a hobby, that was it, right? Because cool. go and play music. It just gets you out of your head. And uh, and so, yeah, besides that, I mean, I love Bob Marley. You know, <laughs> I love so, like, classic what's... rock. My favorite one now is like mellow rock on iTunes. It's like all the easy listening hits of the seventies, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I've been killing it with the seventies lately, actually. It's just so easy. You just put it on the background oh, and you'll see people's moods it. change. You'll see their toes start tapping and it, you're not offending anybody. And it's like, it, I drive Rocky nuts because he's more of like a slipknot kind of guy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm listening to like, uh, you know, Papa was a rolling stone and, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like, I'd love, literally, like, every day we'll listen to something different. Sundays in my house, uh, like, Sunday mornings, I usually make breakfast for the family. We listen to classical music. That's cool. Uh, so, it's just a nice way to start the day. You know, like some Baroque or some string quartets and stuff. So, I really am all over the place with that I one. I like it. It's great. Yeah. I like it. What else you got, Rapid Fire, man? Um, what's something you are obsessed with right now? Could oh, be like... music is Marshall Tucker Band. No, no, like what's oh, just in general? A, in general, like it could be a Netflix show or a type of stain that you just watch the concrete. OA again. I really like that one. What the OA? I don't know that. You've seen that one? Um, Is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I've seen it, probably, you know, floating around. Um, when I was young, I came across this book uh, by Carlos Castaneda. Uh, it's all about uh, this guy who's an anthropologist who inadvertently stumbles into uh, becoming like an apprentice shaman. So he was kind of what some people consider him like the godfather of the New Age movement. So mm-hmm. this, I, they never say anything in this show, but I don't want to give it away, but there's movements in this show, which is called Tensegrity. It's like, it's all this weird, your key Indian yeah. native shaman stuff. But they, they never say anything about that in the show. Anyway, I just came across that, and I was like, I had to watch it twice. It like That one really blew my mind. Like the whole series? Yeah. Gotcha. It's, it's, I think it's a one you have to watch twice, because once you finally figure out what's going on, there's so much going on. Cause this girl Some shows are like that, man. They're, yeah. they're two watch stories. Honestly, I, I mostly watch cartoons and kids stuff. I try to keep right. it pretty light. So <laughs> yeah. I've been on to Bob's Burgers lately. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like life's too heavy, you know? I listen to a lot of CBC radio and like, you know, small town wealth podcast. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 I don't like, I don't watch horror movies. I don't watch, I don't listen to negative music. I, I keep a lot of negativity out of my life, whether it's negative people or anything. I just, I don't really have time for that. Right. No, so totally. I don't find a way to why reasons why you can't, we talked about that. I don't find a why you can't do something, find a way to do it. Right. Yeah. It's hard, then that's the way it is, right? Not everything's easy. So. It takes just as much time to find a reason why you can't do it, and you may as well find a reason why you can do it. That's Give right. it a go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so you you also say that you don't have a drink after after dinner, so you. Well, that sounds like I drink all the time, but <laughs> I said I grew up in trades, and we always have a couple. Not always, right. but we always have a couple beer after work, and that went down to that same day that I told you about. 
uh, where we poured that foundation. And I said, oh, you guys are having a beer. I said, well, if you don't have a beer, the concrete will crack. So I kept, I kept that close to heart. Yeah, so every day, we, at least when we pour concrete, we always have a beer. So superstitions. Awesome. I like it. So yeah. what's your beer of choice then right now? Uh, in the summer, it's embarrassing, actually, because it's actually I try to support craft breweries and local stuff. So I'm a big Phillips Brewery fan, but in the summer, it's uh, the uh, False Creek Raspberry Ale. But it's, it's Granville Island, right? But it's owned right. by Molson now. It oh, is. Yeah. It, most people don't know that. Cause yeah. It's, it's not your typical craft beer anymore. Like, no, it's and that was one player. I drank for years because it was one of the first craft ones. Of course, Okanagan Spring, right? I love my pale ale. Like, right. Some people are 80% water. I used to joke in my 20s, I was like 80% pale ale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I switch it up lots. Uh, Mount Begbie, High Country Colch and the Tall Timber. Like, as a good, so good, crisp, clean beer... And, uh, like, I, I hate to say it, but I love Dos Equis. <laughs> I like Soul and Pacifico. Those, those Mexican beers. Yeah. Stay yeah. thirsty, my friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're so easy to drink, right? Like, if it's oh, yeah. hot out, it's just nice to have some. So, weather dependent. Winter, I switch back to IPAs, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, the Philips Amnesiac's a great one. The Electric Unicorn. Like, so, and people are always bringing different ones by, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I hate Very beer. Cool. Yeah, I get that. I hate wine. <laughs> like, I seriously, like, I just can't stand this stuff. It's just I'm going to bridge the gaps between you guys. I like both. <laughs> you know, it's uh, living where we do, right? Living in yeah. wine country, right? Like, I always joke about this being Napa Valley North. It's like, it seems like such a waste. So my wife doesn't drink beer, right? Yeah. But she'll try every beer. She'll come on beer tours with me, and she'll try every single one. She's like, oh, that's pretty wretched. You know? <laughs> and I, so I try all her wines, and it's just like, they're just horrible. Oh. <laughs> like, one, I've never had one I liked, right? And I don't like hard alcohol, right? I don't, I don't drink scotch or something. You're it's a beer just, man. It just, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's just nice to have a couple of beer and sit down. We sit down after work piss and moan about the day or whatever it was right and you go home and you know you're, you're already done griping about the day you don't want to bring it home a lot no. of the time because that can get toxic especially especially when you only have a limited time to spend with those loved ones mm -hmm. you got to decompress before i always heard this uh this concept that you have to it's like if you're venting vent think of it like a volcano if the lava's coming up, make sure it's coming up through the correct avenue at the top. Because yeah. as soon as it starts to come through the side of the hill, it's a problem. So vent the right way straight up. For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I go home in a... <laughs> That's going to sound terrible. After a couple of beer, I go home in a pretty good mood, right? But... <laughs> That's not what I mean. I just mean it's like if I have problems at work, like I sit down with my employee and, you know, we'll talk about what we're going to do tomorrow, what we could have done different today, you know. Just... You make sure it's solved before you go home. Yeah, like I don't, it. you know, they always, my mom always said, don't go to bed angry, you know. It's like, well, don't leave work pissed off, you know. Yeah, totally. I couldn't yeah. agree Simple more. Simple concept, but it goes yeah. a long way, though. I know. It's like I said, I just, to me, it's always been normal just to have a couple beer after work, you know, BS about your day and go home, right? Like, yeah. So, you know, sometimes we crack one while we're pouring, you know? Yeah. And you have one when you're done, you go home. So, I don't know. I don't want to make too large a point about that. Cause no, no, no. It's, it's funny because I love beer so much that people think I probably drink a lot more than I actually do. <laughs> you know, and like if you watch my videos on my, my website and stuff, it looks like we drink a lot. But I did that specifically on those videos to get rid of people who wanted to come and thought it was going to be a technical course sitting in a class because I had those guys come and they said this isn't very professional right 
I said, I do this for a living. I don't know who's more professional than me, right? There's yeah. not a lot of guys been doing it for, you know, 16 years, right? Yeah, right. So I said, so that's why I said I wanted guys because I teach a lot of young guys, right? A lot of firefighters. They're here on vacation. So if they want to have, I said, as soon as you're done with tools, like have a, the beer fridge is open, right? I mean, one class we had the guys take driving hands home three times in the week, right? Because <laughs> I'd like, I want people to go home safe, you know? Yeah. So, well, I know it just gets, it became kind of a thing after those videos that like somehow I like to drink a whole lot. It's like, I do like beer, but I'm not like drunk all the time. Or no, know? but there's a silver lining there. And I think people will understand that yeah. it's, it, you know, alcohol is, you know, a medium for, for other things it's mm. not it's not something you need to focus your life on yeah exactly it's like i really like coffee too right yeah <laughs> you know? it's like i like good quality coffee it's not as exciting to talk about for sure <laughs> for and some it's people, harder it to be an expert in coffee have. it seems like yeah, yeah exactly. that's weird i don't like coffee either yeah i do but Jeez. you're weird though so yeah i guess don't um, like beer don't like coffee our favorite food right now uh fresh lemongrass the uh Oh the yes, bowl or whatever it is that has all yes. the kinds of meat. Yeah. Oh man, like, I love their pad thai. Yeah, yeah well, my thai. friend Ronnie used to own Siam Orchid downtown. So. Oh, I love Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Siam yeah. Orchid was good. That's yeah. like was the best Thai food ever. So I it lament, I lament that being closed all the time because the pad thai there was just nothing like anything else. It was real, right? It like was she, so good. She made her own, or Thai made her own tamarind sauce and stuff. Yeah, right? it was, so, it was delicious. Other people use ketchup, right? So. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. the Penang. Ugh, yeah. I I people said, you can't find a lot of good Penang curry, oh, man. Uh, people say, well, what should I, I've never had Thai food. I said, Penang is like the craft dinner of Thai food. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you like peppers, I like, just try that. And it's like, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah that, and I always love a clubhouse. Cool. It's got real turkey. Mitch Hedberg on the clubhouse. <laughs> just don't start. Don't start. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, so I'd like to finish off with uh, with kind of just a question. You know, like if you were, you know, if you had just this, you know, theoretical 18-year-old coming out of high school or, you know, in the later part of high school and you're trying to, you're trying to get him to understand life moving forward, what do you tell him to help gain confidence and to make his way in the world or... or her way in the world what's what are some lessons that you've learned that might help them transition to adult life i'll just say try different things you know like just volunteer to go do stuff like i kind of graduated into a really bad job economy so i would volunteer to work for like two weeks to show my work ethic and i've talked about my friend kirk right coming to working for free like obviously the what are we five percent unemployment right now you can go get a job anywhere right like yeah you've got driver's license and you know most of your fingers and toes. And, I don't know. Like, you don't even need them, right? Everybody, there's a job for everybody out there. I, I think when you're young, you just have to go out and try different things, you know? There's a path you'll find, you know? Like, maybe you wind up being an accountant, like, and that's your thing, right? Like, maybe you like numbers, right? Maybe you like being in an office at a computer. Or, it was never my thing, right? Like, I don't no, know. No, it's different for everybody, right? Yeah. Like, let's let's tweak the question then a, a tad what advice do you have for somebody who's interested in trades and like you and wanting to go into trades in this current age that we're in do what i did and i worked for uh i helped a tile guy i worked for a mason i helped electricians so try different I helped trades. plumbers yeah. and in the end i wound up on carpentry because uh one i hated cleaning clogged toilets <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a big part of plumbing uh, electrician was good but it was a lot of you know risk turning things and i don't know in the end like i said like well you're gonna go back and look oh, look i hung that light up 
there 10 years ago. You know? <laughs> I, I like the idea of like creating something with some longevity in the world, you know? Yeah, where you can like come in and be like, hey, you know, like, yeah, it's like, like for example, like John did the floors. Like now yeah. he can go into the fig and he can be like, you know, hey, that's, we did the, we did these floors. These exactly. are our floors, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that, so, no, I like I like that. That's, that's cool. why I liked furniture, right? That's yeah. Like, cause it sticks around for a long time. It like, does totally. So it's, I don't know a lot of people that like break down furniture and throw it out. Like it it just gets keeps getting sold. It to keeps the next getting person. sold. Yeah. That's right. And then somebody will refinish tables. it and somebody will paint it. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like I go to all my friends' houses and it's full of my furniture. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fun. It's like, oh, I forgot about that one. You know, that was cool. And I get under and my friend broke the handle and I had to bring it back and fix it. Don't take care of my stuff. I'm taking it back. <laughs> well, man, it's been a it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I mean, like we brought you in for a specific specific reason. We bring most of our guests, and you know, like you're real as hell. You're not afraid to tell things like you see them, and that's what we really appreciated, or I really appreciated about this talk. Um, you know, you don't pull the wool over people's eyes, and and you don't feel the need to be something that you're not. And, I think and... I've been accused of being too honest sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to see everything you're thinking, Keith. Come on. <laughs> no, but it's appreciated, man, and it's it's cool seeing it's someone pleasure, that's yeah. that's trying to to train other people as well. Like you, you really seem to want to pass on knowledge and, and you know not charge people because you know that your value is going to come back around. Absolutely. Um, there's a circle of life that way. So it's it's Just been a treat pleasure. Treat people man. fair and you'll be treated fair. You know? Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Well, it's a pleasure just, being here. I like the way that we uh the way that we met too is Cheap um, buckets? Yeah. <laughs> I posted a we have these buckets because that's what our pickles come in and everything. So we had we had a bunch of buckets, like thirty of them left over and I posted it in the Facebook forum. You're not a Facebook guy. How did you even see that? Rocky found him. He's like, I thought this guy's going to give you the buckets. Okay, so again, I'm being fair. Remember I tried to give you money? Yeah, that's right. And you said no. And I said, no, man, like it's fair. Right, like you get like I gotta go buy these, so like why not just take some money? I think you took five bucks the first. Yeah, you like nice. you like handed you like handed me twenty five bucks. I like take the five. I give him the twenty back. Yeah. So last time I made him take at least twenty, right? Yeah, so. yeah I just it's That's good for awesome. it's good for the staff. I just chuck it in the tips. But I mean, no, it's just it's it's funny. Uh, it's funny that way because we just you know you 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 find you never would have thought like I don't know what people were gonna need those buckets for, but. You know, Keith calls up. He's like, yeah, we mix concrete all the time. Like, we could definitely use those Everybody buckets. Everybody needs five-gallon buckets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Honestly, though, like, I was shocked. I was expecting, like, maybe one person to be like, yeah, I'll take, like, five off you. But uh, the, the demand for those was ridiculous. Within five minutes, I had ten people that wanted them. And I was like, look, I, I just left a comment. I was like, look, if you want them, first person to come get yeah. them gets them. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, no, they're worth, like, seven bucks each, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so now I know when I'm buying pickles, I'm actually paying for the bucket, not the yeah, pickles. straight up. <laughs> I think the cheapest you can get is like four bucks or something. Yeah, it's Holy. gotta be. Well, that's really cool. It's cool to see how you guys met. Then. Yeah, there we go. That's how we. Uh, that's how we met Keith, and then uh, Heath uh, also rhymes with Keith. Yeah, <laughs> from Spring Creative. Yeah. <laughs> Our boys at Spring Creative yeah. always helping us out with marketing and maintaining websites. Do they do your website? Uh, no, we don't have, well, like, the FIG website yeah. or the Small Town Wealth? No, uh, Infotel is our website, oh, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing still? Infotel? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that part out. <laughs> cheers, cheers, Thanks. Keith. I Thanks, appreciate guys. it, man. This was fun. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks right, so much for stopping by. That's that a, a wrap. Good one. That's a wrap. <laughs>